They're back on the Football Outside the Box podcast, where we discuss the past, the present, and the future of football. Kicking off this weekend, we have a Merseyside derby at Goodison Park, Everton hosting Liverpool. This one's pretty interesting, in my opinion. Everton coming off the back of three one-all draws in a row against Liverpool, who have struggled to catch their form recently, but they were able to salvage the three points in literally the last kick of the game against Newcastle midweek. Some may say Newcastle were hard done in this one. There was five minutes of stoppage time, ended up being eight minutes of stoppage time. Maybe I'm just biased here, but I felt they were hard done. Do you think Liverpool are going to continue their winning run here? Or do you think that it's going to be another one-all draw for Everton? Or can Everton nick it? What are your thoughts? I think there's virtually zero chance that Everton can nick something here. I mean, Everton, I don't know what they're doing. There's at least I've seen some hunger, I think. I don't know if that's the right word. Maybe some desire from the new center half partnership in uh, Connor Cody and Tarkovsky. Connor Cody, a famous Liverpool fan. It's, I want to sell out, but I won't get to that. Um, I just feel that Liverpool with Nunes coming back, Nunes would probably, well, I don't know if he would start actually, because Firmino has been, in good form, he's been scoring, he's been assisting, albeit against teams that you, I mean, they thrashed Bournemouth by nine. And Newcastle, a tough team, but a great finish from Firmino, uh, first-time finish. I, I just feel that Everton, they don't have enough threat attacking either. And I know Anthony Gordon has been scoring recently, but Am I convinced by him? Not necessarily. Of course, there's always space in behind to attack for Liverpool, but I could really see Liverpool running away with this game, especially with the fact that it's going to be at Goodison, which has been a shaky ground in, in recent times. And also, that would that allow Everton to just sit back and try to soak up pressure and hopefully go for a nil-nil draw like they tried to against Liverpool at Anfield towards the end of last season. You know, they're going to have to come out at some point. And I just feel that's going to leave some space and gaps in behind for Liverpool to attack. And I, I think they'll be successful at it. DCF, ICF air here, naturally, being as it's a derby. Oh, yeah, of course. I, I would hope to see some of that from the Everton players. We saw a little bit from Richarlison last year, or last season, sorry. We need this kind of feisty environment in, in, the, in these derbies. And Everton, I know, they haven't been nearly as successful as Liverpool have been the past few years. You know, there was a crisis at Liverpool four or five years ago. But I have faith in Everton to at least put up a fight. I think I've... I've seen some fight. I'm still not convinced by what they're doing, what they're trying to do on the pitch. 
But at least in terms of fight and energy and hunger, I think they'll show that on Saturday. Keep in mind, we are recording this on the back of, looks like one hour left. Looks like there's one hour left in three, two, one. Officially one hour left. (laughs) So keep in mind that a lot of these predictions that we're making today is not considering this final hour. But we don't anticipate too many deals going through in this final hour, but there may be a few notable ones. So keep that in mind. We'll, we'll touch on Liverpool. They, they've just signed Arthur Mello uh, from Juventus. He's been... Remember, he was shipped out of Barcelona in the swap deal for Pjanic? Not for footballing reasons, but for financial reasons. And he has looked like he's lost interest in football since then. Another namely transfer that looks to be going over the line anytime now. Aubameyang going to Chelsea as they take on West Ham in the following game of Saturday's fixtures. Do you anticipate he's going to make an impact for Chelsea over the course of the season? Yeah, I think so. I mean, he's he's worked with Tuchel before, famously at Dortmund. He He's done well at Barcelona. He scored two goals against Real Madrid in that 4-0, 4-0 route. He qualified for the Champions League with Barcelona. I, I just think he needed a change of scenery. You know, he... I think under a manager that he has worked with and well, worked well with previously at Dortmund, I think he'll do the job. He's he's still got that touch. He's still got that movement instinct, which Chelsea haven't had. And we saw against Southampton. They lack that presence up top. And Sterling, most you know, mostly Sterling, but even Mount and maybe Havertz to a certain extent. Just tame efforts when they get in front of goal. At least Aubameyang won't produce that kind of tame effort. Or at least I hope. I mean, I hope he does, but I don't envision him being that weak in front of goal. We'll see if he provides that conviction. Um, He definitely won't be in for this match against West Ham as he has a jaw injury, broken jaw from the unfortunate robbery of his house with him and his family in there. So feel bad for him where that's concerned. How about from West Ham's side? We saw that they got an impressive draw against Tottenham in midweek. Before that as well, they were able to nick the three points against Villa. Do you see them continuing that run or do you think they're due a loss at this moment? Every time a West Ham team goes away to one of the big six sides under David Moyes, I'm going to predict them to lose because of his tendency to sit back and try and counter. I don't know why they would well, I mean, this falls mostly on David Moyes, but Chelsea are in a turmoil right now. You should be on the front foot like you were against Tottenham. In the first half, a little bit set back, but in the second half, you know, it was West Ham who was pushing for the goal. And maybe they should have. They had some unlucky situations where uh, two players dummy the ball at the same time and missed a goal by inches, I believe. Just a tap in, they missed it. 
show some of that away from home. You know, they have the quality. Paqueta, someone who's really excelled at the French League last season, expected him to go to one of the big six or even a, a Juventus or Real Madrid or Barcelona, any of those teams. But he's gone to West Ham. Skamaka, I think he's a bit too early. Uh, he still needs to get his feet wet in the league. Antonio is still a force. He's he showed that he's yeah he hit the post against Tottenham. He's still strong as ever. You know, I I would like David Moyes to go for it, especially considering the state that Chelsea's at right now. But I don't personally see that happening. They're gonna sit back and try and counter them again, which Chelsea could still be vulnerable. What about any other notable players on West Ham you think could make a difference? Maybe Jared Bowen, Fornals. What about the new signing here, Lucas Paqueta? Bowen, I think he's he needs to step up a little bit. His form has died down. I haven't really noticed him much in the first few games this season. Fornals, he missed a he missed a golden chance against Tottenham as well. Now that you mention him. It seems as though, like I mentioned in the season preview, I felt that West Ham needed some fresh faces because they've just had a tough run of games for two seasons running, I believe. And they fell short a lot of the times. So it's good that they're bringing in a lot of new faces, a quality new faces at that. Skamaka was being linked with Arsenal, if you remember. Paqueta, we don't need to mention. Carer, center back from PSG, uh, as well as Aguard. Um, apparently, he was very well. Uh, good center back from the French league again. So, if they can bet into the team, the earlier the better for West Ham. But this game, they fall just short. Another match kicking off at the same time. Tottenham take on Fulham. I know we're hoping for a Mitrovic special here. Hey, don't don't brand me in the Wii. You keep you keeping branding me in the Wii. I, I want Tottenham to perform. But so far, if I had to grade Tottenham's performance, it's an F. They haven't been convincing except for the first game of the season against Southampton. Chelsea, woeful. Wolves, woeful. Maybe not woeful, but not great performance. And this just past week, midweek, at West Ham, like we mentioned. Why are they... It looked like they were happy to sit back and just settle for a point. Now, that's okay if you're the Tottenham of old, the mid-table Tottenham. But against West Ham, when you know you can't be dropping points left, right, center against the likes of City, why are you settling for a point? At West Ham, and they did not deserve to win at West Ham either. They they didn't perform well, and um, I'm worried because, I mean, I, I shouldn't care. I don't support Tottenham, but they're they haven't been able to create the type of, I guess, build up from the back that we usually see from a back three. Bentancourt, he was out against West Ham, but even Bentancourt isn't necessarily contributing to the build up play. And it, 
the ball is not being carried up to the guys up top, especially Son. I mean, I, I mentioned his form isn't that great. It, it, it's not up there. It's not He's not in his top form, of course, but the ball is just not getting to him as well. And we saw Basuma against West Ham. He just he couldn't pass the ball forward. I know he's not the greatest on the ball. He's more of a destroyer and a high-engine kind of guy. But Tottenham are struggling. And do I see any solutions? I, I don't know. Because, I mean, we have Ben Davies moving out to the left to hopefully you know, speed up the build-up and loosen the build-up process. And that it's not really working right now. Perisic... I thought he was a bright spark in the first half, but I think he got a bit found out in the second half. Right back is always going to be an issue when you have Emerson starting. This is going to be a big test because Fulham haven't lost yet other than to their rivals, Arsenal. And Fulham, what are they going to do? They're going to try to sit back and counter just like they did against Arsenal. And that is the, I guess, the litmus test against for teams playing against Tottenham. Because we know Tottenham struggled to break those teams down and they haven't proven otherwise this season yet. Yeah, it just seems like they really don't have a game plan as far as playing out from the back. So it would be interesting to see how the two clash there. From a full-on perspective, I know he's a star man, but I just don't think that there's any other way to look at it at the moment. Mitrovic is their focal point right now. He is the guy they're going to look for at every cross, every chance given, you want it falling to him. And I think his aerial threat is going to prove very tough to handle from a Tottenham perspective. And I hope it does. Yeah, none of the centre-backs you look at on the Tottenham side and you think they're the aerial monsters. I don't know if Romero's going to play. I don't know if he's fit. But Dyer, Davies, he was a fullback converted to a left-sided centre-back. And Davinson Sanchez. And even if Clement Longley plays, none of them are great on the in the air. None of them possess the aerial prowess that Mitrovic does. But I can say this about a lot of the teams. You know, not many people or centre-backs are going to have the aerial prowess to go up against Mitrovic and consistently win that battle. Maybe right. Maguire. <laughs> I mean, it's true. He's that's his biggest strength. Yeah, which is why Mitrovic is such a a threatening striker in the Premier League this season. Moving on to the late kickoff on Saturday, we have Aston Villa taking on Manchester City. And I know your thoughts on this already. I feel like I don't even have to ask you. But how much you think they're gonna win by? Or how many goals do you think Holland is going to score? Let's start at five, maybe. Five for, I mean, for Holland. Five for Holland. I mean, did you see the way Jesus dominated the two center halves, Mings and Konsa? Just, just abject. And from what I've been reading about the Villa team and the the fans and how they feel about their team right now. There's a there's a clear disconnect, and on the, I know there's they're traveling to uh, Villa Park City are, but it's not the fortress, and it's, it's not going to be the environment that they used to be Villa Park. That's not really going to help the team. That, that that's not really going to help Aston Villa on that in that on that front. 
for those of you who watched them play against Arsenal, um, that was my second time watching them this season. But what were they even trying to do? Credit to Arsenal, they've fully dominated them off the park. Villa couldn't couldn't do anything. And that goal, which I think should have been disallowed, just came out of nowhere. It was more of a fluke. Villa didn't deserve anything from that game. Now, I I was reading about Steven Gerrard and what he was saying to, I think it was Luca Dini against Everton uh, last week, I think. There was a period where Luca Dini has the ball and Steven Gerrard tells him to actually no risk, just relax. And it might not have been the game against Everton because they beat Everton that game. But I believe when at that point that he was set, I believe at that point that sentence was mentioned to Luca Dini, they were not in a winning position. So the, what does that tell you about Steven Gerrard and the game plan he has? Luca Dini was one of the best advancing fullbacks in the league when he was at Everton. He brings in Luca Dini last winter and he's transformed him into just a nobody fullback, just an average fullback. And then he came out after the West Ham game and did an interview where he's saying, you know, it's time for us to start rolling our sleeves and really get our feet wet. I'm going to do it. And I hope the players can do the same as well. That just tells me, that just screams a clear disconnect between the players and the manager. And I've read reports where it said he looks like he's lost the players. Now, I don't know what the truth is behind that, but we've seen Leon Bailey's father complain on on social media. We've seen the drama with Tyrone Mings. Why is nobody talking about Steven Gerrard? He has struggling. He's been struggling since last season. Yeah, I feel like this test is just going to prove to be too much for Villa. I think City are just going to dominate the game and put them to bed. Really and truly. But let's see if Gerard can muster up something. If it's not today, at least another one of the fixtures to save his job. Because that's what's on the line right now. Yeah. And if I had to put my money on it, I think there's no chance. You're saying he's gone? Well, I don't know if he's going to be gone. There's no chance he gets a result here. He looks clueless. Fair enough. And finally, on to Sunday's late fixture, we have the football outside the box derby at Old Trafford. Arsenal traveling to Man United. Man United coming off the back of three wins in a row, believe it or not, after such a abysmal start to the season. I don't know if the last two wins were convincing enough for you, but... I guess you could say maybe it's performances against the big teams like Liverpool that give you the hope. Do you see any result in this? Or how do you see this one playing out? Yeah, it's tough. I just... We haven't been convincing, like you said, but that is on the attacking front, creating chances. I think defensively and out of possession, we've looked... Much better. You compare us to last season where we were shipping goals in left, right, center. We're not providing that to the opposition teams. 
last season, we were we were begging them to score. We were asking them to come in, attack the space, and go on, score. You look at the last two games against Southampton. I mentioned in the review um, for the Southampton game, even though we were under pressure quite a bit, and Southampton did create a few chances, I never felt that we were actually going to concede, and we, we didn't. And again, against Leicester, Leicester were poor. They didn't create much at all. A few... There was a period where they were piling on some pressure right after the halftime, I think. But that was mostly from free kicks and giving away stupid free kicks. So I think out of possession, we look much better, which is probably easier than getting that stability going forward, as in and the attacking sense. But that will come over time, I hope. But I think right now it's it's promising that we're not as open and as easy as we were to score against last season. And of course, we're, we're playing against Leicester, we're bottom of the league and Southampton. To be fair, they did beat Chelsea, but Chelsea aren't in a good shape either right now. So this will be... I don't want to say the first test because we've played Liverpool, but maybe Liverpool weren't in their best shape either with missing Nunes, Thiago, and all them players. This will be the first big test against a team who's 1-5, played 5-1-5, top of the league. But they have some injury crisis right now. They don't have a... Well, Partey's going to be out, I think, at least until the United game, and El Elneny's out, and I don't think they're going to sign anybody. Uh, it looks very unlikely they're going to sign Douglas Luiz. They've been linked with him uh, since yesterday, since the game against Villa. So we'll see. But I, I'm i not as scared as I was going into the Liverpool game. I, I just feel that Arsenal, we always have their number, at least at Old Trafford. From an Arsenal perspective, I would say it's very nervy. Obviously, it's a historical rivalry and Old Trafford yeah is always somewhere that you never just you just never know what's gonna happen regardless of the res- the form the recent results you just never know no matter what the occasion is in terms of who is playing you just always is gonna be a threat I believe that Arteta is instilling that into the players but I really think that beyond that, the players seem to have it instilled in themselves right now that they want to win. It doesn't matter. Like I haven't seen this in them in a long time to really make sure that they go out and win games and they're making it happen. People can argue that we haven't played against any real testers yet, but the teams who we've come up against have played against the other teams and have come good against them. So you talk about even Leicester today. Leicester were playing with Ndidi at centre-back. So you know it was a very depleted squad for Leicester, especially at centre-back. And I also felt that Leicester created some good chances. You look at Crystal Palace, they tied with Liverpool and they gave City a good run for their money. So, 
I don't think that those matches should just go under the rug. I think a lot of credit needs to be given to Arsenal. And I think that the momentum will continue here. I could definitely see a draw happening. I'd be disappointed if that were the case because I don't want to see our record of all wins, 100% record, go undone like that. But It's going to be undone at some point. You know. But yeah, I mean, like you said, you can only beat what's what's been presented in front of you. Arsenal can't just go and play City when they're not scheduled to play them. But I do want to focus on the games where Arsenal fell behind. I, against happened both times against, or I shouldn't say fall behind, conceded. Happened both times against Villa and Leicester. I don't want to focus too much on those games because... I mean, Leicester pretty much presented those goals to Arsenal. Villa poor. But I want to focus on the Fulham game where, again, it was a very much against run of play off of a mistake from your center half. And there, of course, there's a, a bit of fortune with the deflection for Odegaard's first goal. But just the way that Arsenal have been responding. And I was most impressed by that against Fulham because Fulham have shown that they're a very tough side to play against. Right, which is why I was saying that I see more of a mentality change, not just from the manager trying to instill it in the players, but it seems as though the players have it instilled in them at this very moment. So I'm really interested to see how how this one turns out. I would say that this is our first real test on paper. I'll say that for sure. And especially with Man United coming off the back of three wins in a row, I think... They're on the high. They just signed Anthony, who is a very dangerous prospect. Hopefully, he doesn't play. He probably will, though, even if it's as a sub. I think if we go on to win this one, there is no excuse about, oh, they were they were out of form, they didn't have the players, whatever. No, I think this is a test that we can truly just look back at and say, no, we've, we've been tested and we passed the test. If it comes out to the result that we want, of course. Yeah, yeah, of course, I think. But there's there's one glaring area to attack for us. It's we you saw against Leicester how Bruno Fernandez pretty much pulled the sh- strings the whole game because I think it was Sumari he had no control over that space in the middle between the center back and the center mids. So potentially that is an area that Fernandez should attack with a lack of a established defensive midfielder. And Lokonga played against Villa, but I mean it's Villa didn't offer anything. So it was hard for me to say whether he could play there again or not. But I don't know. I don't even know if he's gonna go with Lokonga there. It just depends on who's fit, right? And I know you say you don't think the Douglas Luis one is happening. Even if he does sign, I don't know if he'll be able to strip for the match. Um, but his the two initial bids for him were rejected. Apparently they're considering the third one at twenty five mil. So we'll see how that one develops. If not, I do trust Jaka in there in the midfield. But he may need some support. So I'd be interested to see how 
how we line up. Yes, you're right, though. Lakanga didn't really get tested from a defensive perspective. But let's see. Let's see. We will see. We will see. Yeah, I mean, again, it's coming back to haunt them. Arsenal got their business done early, but then took the foot off the pedal. Should they have taken their foot off the pedal? You and I don't think so, but we'll see. As long as we get that CM in, it should be fine. We Everyone knew we needed another CM backup, though. Everybody knew that. I don't think there was any Arsenal fan or even any football fan who watches Arsenal to some degree didn't know that we needed that CM. And it looks like it's not coming in. And that's the thing, right? Because it's, it's not just about, oh, snap your fingers, let's get a CM. It's all about availability too. If the player wants to join the club, there's many different factors that go into it, right? So I don't want to necessarily just say, oh, Arsenal took their foot off the pedal. But we could have been more aggressive maybe in certain towards certain players, I would say. So even the Tielemans one, if we were interested in Tielemans, we should have gone we should have been aggressive about it. If we were interested in Douglas Luis, we should have been aggressive about it. But it's not like we weren't looking to bring in a CM and it's not like there weren't options that we couldn't consider. It's just about us we should have identified and been aggressive about who we've identified. But again, there's so many things that go into a deal. And timing is a big factor where that's concerned. Because now Villa just signed Dendonka from Wolves. So maybe he could be someone who replaces Douglas Luiz or they've, they've brought him in in the anticipation of replacing him in case he were to leave. But as we always say here, we will see. That's about all we have time for today. Make sure you tune into this weekend's action. And don't forget to tune in as well to Monday's review of the weekend's action. Don't forget to like our Facebook page. The link is in the description. Hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening to us on, whether that's Apple, Spotify. Send us a DM. Let us know your thoughts. Leave some comments. Tell us what you guys think about this weekend's action. Who you guys think is going to win. Let us know the results. And then DM us after as well. Let us know what you thought about the performances. Don't forget to download the episodes and turn on those notifications so you guys don't miss an episode. And you know exactly when we're doing our releases every Monday and every Friday. That will be it for today's episode. Thank you very much. Thank you for tuning in as always and peace out.